Hi there and welcome to Handels Banking Insights. I'm Charlotte and today I'm joined by Chief Economist for Handels Banking in the UK, James Sprawl, for our weekly economic update. Good morning, James. Good morning, Charlotte. Okay, let's get started. So summoning up my inner paraphrase Churchill, it seems like we're not just at the end of the beginning, but even further along, perhaps the beginning of the end. So let's look at what's been happening with COVID and its impact moving forward. First of all, we have not looked at the actual COVID data recently. So is Omicron really on the way out? Well, we all certainly hope that Omicron's on the way out. And um, uh, the problem is that hope is a poor forecaster. So let's look at some of the data. Uh, clearly, the UK is seeing a dramatic fall in the number of cases with the R rate. And we all became familiar with the R rate uh, as this has gone on. Anything above one means that one person is um, passing it on to more than one other. Uh, so obviously, we want an R rate below one. And, and that means the disease is, is clearly on the wane. Uh, and our, our rate is, is 0.7. So that's, that's very good. And it does point to the fact that we're on a, a, a steep downward slope. It's also interesting to look at Sweden, which has a much worse Omicron infection than, than we've had. Um, and it still has an R of 1.7. Um, so there's a, a big uh, impact uh, on stringency, as we'll discuss in just a moment on, on that as well. Um, so the other European countries right now are all above one, but they're all falling pretty quickly as well. So I think that we can safely say that, that once again, the UK was a little bit earlier into this latest wave and we're a little bit earlier to leave it. And um, fingers crossed, we're going to be on the way out, all of us, uh, reasonably soon. Okay, and just picking up on that stringency, it seems that the UK now has some of the lowest levels of lockdown stringency in the world. Are you concerned about a possible need to lock down once again? Well, I, I think the PM made a, a big, um, a big choice, a big, big bet going um, for no lockdown before Christmas, and it seems to have worked. Um, uh, one doesn't have to be, um, you have to be wise or lucky, and I'm not sure which one he was. Um, to, but he did choose a time when the pandemic was already waning, and therefore it was the time to not go for that for the lockdown. So clearly. We've done that. Now, there has been reports in this morning's papers that we're seeing another wave post-Omicron. But I think that, um, fingers crossed, that it's, it does what uh, pandemics typically do, which is each successive wave is less virulent. Uh, and therefore, we won't be seeing uh, any threat to lockdown on all of that. OK, and looking at the high frequency data, the real question is, how quickly can we expect to revert to some sort of normal? Can you give us a bit of a clue? Yeah, I mean, when we when we get to the new normal again, that's obviously the big question. Um, uh, what I have done is I've looked at um, so the, the stringency index that we've got and also looked at how COVID has progressed the, through um, various uh, societies. And what we can see is, is that it takes effect very, very quickly. So the stringency is, is um, when the, the COVID ticks up, the stringency ticks up and, and the activity, if you look at Google mobility data, data um, quickly responds. Um, what it also shows is that the moving out of that response, so when the stringency is lifted, it takes a much longer for people to respond to that. Uh, that's, I think, probably pretty predictable. Um, but uh, it does take a number of months, really, for people to get confident and start to act, quote unquote, normal once again. And, and, and there's the big question, and I know we'll touch upon it in a moment, of what does normal look like going forward. Um, but uh, whatever normal does look like, we're not going to see it immediately. It's probably going to take uh, most of um, the, this winter and spring. Mm -hmm. And so if we look beyond COVID, employment and earnings data came out last week. This has been a bit of a bright spot in the economy in the past few months. Is that still the case? Yeah, and employment has clearly been a positive. Um, and if we look at the PMI findings, which is the Purchasing Managers Index, uh, and we take them at face value, 
uh, employment is going to continue to get uh, tighter. So good, good for uh, employees. Um, except that uh, I think we've also got um, looking forward a pretty, pretty torrid spring for the economy in many ways. Uh, we've got a lot of tax rises coming through, and we've got uh, potentially some pretty significant um, uh, rises to the cost of energy as well. Uh, and I think that some of those tax rises are direct taxes on employment. And it's likely that we're going to see that starting to tick upwards a little bit because you are raising those taxes on employment. And we're going to certainly see some um, curtailment of consumer expenditure as well. And again, that just points to um, uh, slowing consumer expenditure. And I suspect that you'll also see some of the intended uh, increases in employment falling away as we go go forward. So um, I, I think that employment's looking good. Uh, it won't be terribly bad, but it's not going to be quite as good as it is right now uh, moving on through 2022. Okay. Um, and so to the big release of last week, inflation, you've been forecasting it would be bad and indeed it is. So what are your thoughts on where we are now? Yeah, inflation. So it came through at 4.8%, which was in line with our own uh, market and uh, market expectations. Um, so, I mean, what's been happening, if we look at the uh, actual data as it's come out, it says that the biggest growth has been in things like entertainment and uh, restaurants. Um and, and that's true, of course, but it's it sort of misses the point. And the, the point is that the biggest element of the inflationary forecast right now remains um, uh, energy prices, particularly transport, so petrol and household services, so gas, electricity. Um, and I think that points to what the problem is. And also some of the, the idea that uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of this inflation falling away as the spring progresses. However, and it's a reasonably big however, we also saw services inflation up at 3.4%. Um, which does support uh, the fear uh, that many people, including myself, have that we're going to see a reasonable amount of that inflation spilling over into the rest of the country. So, so looking at um, what's going on here, we're going to see the um, uh, inflation dropping away uh, over the course of 2022-2023, but it's not going to go down to that, that final rate of uh, 2%, the target rate for the Bank of England, much more likely to come in at 2.7%. And of course, all of this does mean the Bank of England's under huge pressure to act in fact, of course, we're expecting them to act on the 3rd of February when the next Monetary Policy Committee report comes through and the, the MPC itself meets. Uh, and we're, we're expecting to see a rise of 0.25%, so uh, up to 0.5% um, uh, for interest rates overall. Retail sales for December came out on Friday. It seems Christmas came and went early. What's your reading on this? Yeah, Christmas does seem a long time ago and Christmas shopping seems even longer ago. Um, okay. We had said at the time in November that retail sales figures were um, being boosted by early Christmas shopping, uh, partly because people were uh, wanting to beat any potential lockdown, and partly because there was, as you recall at the time, there was a real fear that we were seeing some supply chain issues, which were uh, going to be proved problematic. Um, I think looking forward from here, we have seen those, those sales volumes fell by 3.7% in December. Uh, and we are still buying more stuff, though. If we look at the actual level uh, of sales, they're above uh, pre-COVID levels. So, so there's some good news for retailers from that, even if they're not quite as uh, good as they were in November. Um, looking forward from here, what are we expecting? Well, one of the things that big trends that we have seen has been, of course, the move to online shopping. And uh, it does seem that online shopping is settling at about 40% above its pre-pandemic level. We had forecast that it might be as much as 45 to 50% above. So I still think that's a reasonable estimate. Um, is this the new normal or are we going to take time to establish that, that new normal? I was saying just a moment ago in terms of uh, where we are with the pandemic and how quickly we normalize. I do think looking at some of the things there, as for instance, food shopping and the amount of that that goes on, we are seeing some sort of new stable rate. It will be about 40% above where it was before. And of course, there's knock-on effects 
for the value of commercial property, retail space, et cetera, on the back of all that as well. So I, I think we're, we're beginning to see what a post-pandemic world for parts of the economy are going to look like. Okay, brilliant. And finally, I know that you and our new UK economist, Daniel Mahoney, have been looking at what has been happening to prime residential property. Other than being more expensive, are the market pressures really that different? Yeah, so we've been looking at prime prime property, which is the top 5% in any market. So obviously it does vary around the UK as to what is considered prime. It really is quite different to, to the main markets and what we've been seeing happening in recent years. Um, we've been seeing a real falling away, actually, in prime property prices for central London. Now, a couple of things about that. One, of course, is that it started to fall away really at the beginning of 2016, so a little bit before the Brexit referendum. But I, I have no doubt that the Brexit referendum will have dampened enthusiasm for London, at least temporarily. Um, and we've, see, we've seen that coming through. Um, so what have we had since then? Well, um, prime property is driven a lot by um, company profits and therefore um, uh, people's bonuses on, on that sort of thing, and also uh, by international sales, much more so than the, the market as a whole. And as I say, that has, it has been falling from some pretty high levels, uh, unlike the rest of the market, which is actually been doing very, very well. Um, looking forward from here, a couple of things that are, are interesting. The one area of the prime market that's done well has been country houses. And of course, we've seen across the UK as a whole, this, this dash for space. People want more space if they're going to work from home more often. They want to study. They want a private area in their own homes where it's easier to do that work. Uh, and so we've seen a, a big surge in that. And looking at the Savills forecast, one of the, the estate agents who does a lot of work in the prime market, um, they are expecting a combination of um, uh, reduced restrictions, so a bit of um, uh, reduced travel restrictions, but also um, uh, deregulation of the economy uh, to really push the UK forward. And they're looking for a, um, a good e economic outlook, which we are as well, um, but that's spilling over into good sales for prime properties over the next couple of years. Brilliant. Well, thanks, James, for this week's insights. I look forward to speaking next week. Thanks very much, Charlotte.